welcome to Fertility Help Hub's podcast. I'm Eloise, the founder and editor, and each week we bring you expert interviews, reader stories, holistic products, and more. Subscribe to our podcast for free so you never miss an episode. Today, I'm welcoming my guest, who is Toby Trice Racing, who is a racing ambassador for male infertility. Welcome, Toby. Hello, Eloise. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm great, thank you. I'm having an awesome week, which is great. I'm so glad. I'm really delighted to be speaking to you today because I have read so much about you and I think what you're doing is amazing and I can't wait to share it with everyone listening. So could we start by you telling a bit about your personal um, trying to conceive journey um, and male infertility factors and causes and symptoms that you have experienced personally to date? Yeah, um, so I've been trying to conceive now for almost six years. Um, It's been quite a long journey and a rocky one, like many of the listeners out there, obviously are going through the same sort of situation. Um, We spent the first year kind of trying naturally, just kind of, you know, just assume we'd be able to have a child. We settled down, had a house, you know, good jobs and stuff and, you know, ready for a family. And we took that took that decision. Um, A year later, unfortunately, we didn't have any any success or any sniff of pregnancy. So we kind of just knew that there was something going on and perhaps we you know we need to further investigate it is when we saw um our gp um throughout that following three years we was on the kind of merry-go-round of the nhs funded system of going through various tests um which for me um, i had some very early tests and the results came back pretty okay um for my partner typically with the sort of female fertility um there's a lot more tests that they have done um, because they just assume that it's usually the woman that's kind of causing the problems um so yeah for the first three years we did kind of clomid um testing experimental stuff um again no success at the end of it and then we were finally referred to ivf um to a private clinic nhs funded um to actually now try and, and have ivf and at that point i was still quite in denial that that we were actually on this journey i just thought you know what it'll happen like you know it'll be fine I'm just trying to be supportive and protective of my partner because she was dealing with such a, an emotional time for herself and it was she found it very difficult at the early beginning. So um, we had two years of, um, sorry, two cycles of um, ICSI treatment and we had at the beginning very good success. We had a very good fertilization rate. Um, our embryos kind of grew perfectly for the first sort of three to four days and we were really, really hopeful on the first cycle that we've got we had seven embryos that were growing lovely you know we were going to be parents we had you know that was it we were very very sure that this was going to work so come day five um most of our most of our eggs or sorry your embryos have, had just collapsed um and we did have a blastocyst that was transferred but it was the only one out of the seven that actually was ready to go and of course at that point we were kind of like feeling a little bit less confident because it was such a good start but obviously we didn't, you know, we only had the one to, to transfer and we had none to free. So it was kind of all in and just hope that this would work. And unfortunately, um, before the two week wait was up, before we actually test our pregnancy, um, you know, sadly we didn't, we didn't conceive and unfortunately it wasn't to be. So we went on to a second cycle, um, very much identical. And um, yeah, it was just a bit of a shame, really. We, we kind of got to the end of it and um, the kind of embryologist just explained that, based on how the kind of embryos are growing, it was suggested there was kind of like a DNA issue. Um, and based on their research, they just suggested that it was more the male counterpart, which was myself, um, which was, was, was heartbreaking news. Um, I, I kind of just fell into this almost immediate depression of just feeling so low and kind of 
I think because I was kind of being protective of my partner and not dealing with my emotions at that point, everything kind of came crashing down on me. Yeah. We just took a year out just to kind of just find ourselves again because we just got lost in this kind of fertility merry-go-round um, and, and lost ourselves. And we just needed to kind of spend some time together and just kind of regroup and, and get ourselves healthy again. Cause we were both pretty depressed and down. Um, and then now we're kind of, um, we took a year out, we're back on this journey now. COVID's kind of put things a little bit to a stop at the beginning of the year. Um, but I've just recently seen a urologist, Jonathan Ramsey in London, um, to look at kind of what's going on. And it turns out that I've got a high level of DNA fragmentation, which he believes is caused by a varicocil, which is treatable. So based on his research and his very, very long career as a as a urologist and his expertise he suggests that having an embolization i believe is what the operation's called um to almost fix the varicocele so kind of reduce blood flow thus reduce temperature in the testes um and then hopefully that will then reduce the dna fragmentation that is if it's like post-production um problem which he's very confident it will be so we're very very hopeful um there's every chance after this that we could potentially fall naturally pregnant um which would be an absolute dream come true um but if not we're planning to have um further ICSI rounds subject to obviously the results coming back that the um that the procedure has worked so that's where we're at now Eloise um it's been yeah it's been a really rough ride um it's still very emotional for us to kind of be kind of on that journey. Um, but we're feeling very much positive now that we've kind of at least explored absolutely everything we can in order to give us the best possible chance of success. Wow, Toby, I can't believe what you've been through in the past six years. It's just unthinkable. Um, but I'm glad that you now have some answers because I guess, as you said, that now puts you into a mindset of we've got something to try now. Um, but in terms of the NHS rounds that didn't work, do you feel disappointed that this DNA fragmentation of your sperm wasn't found before you went through those rounds? Uh, yeah, massively, because what we kind of felt with the kind of the, the process of NHS and, you know, it was so, you know, so grateful for all of the help and all the consultants that have worked with us, incredibly grateful. But what we find frustrating is that when I had my early semen analysis and everything kind of came back relatively good there was a bit of a morphology issue um, but they said that that wouldn't be too much of a problem for, for us to worry about I was just then pushed aside um, and emotionally and kind of obviously physically nothing else was done you know I was kind of just left to it um, and the, the, the focus was on my partner but if we had as intensive tests done on myself as it was for my partner and we both had thorough thorough investigations prior to any rounds of IVF or any further treatment um at least we would have known and that would have been like four years ago now that we potentially could have found out this situation potentially could have got it rectified sooner it would have saved all of the heartache and the problems that we've had around going through ICSI because it's such a stressful thing to go through um and potentially we could have a child now um and I find it incredibly frustrating I think just because there's not not that much education out there or well, for me at the time there wasn't, um, you know, our situation could be so, so different. It's hard, isn't it? Because you follow a process and you just go from one step to the next, don't you? And I guess hindsight's a good thing, but I'm so glad that you've got something to focus on now. Um, I'm wishing you all the best for that part of your journey. Thank you. In terms of the effects on your relationship, 
how how has that been? I know you mentioned that you, you you struggled and took a year out. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, going through going through fertility treatment and having this kind of struggle of 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 trying to conceive, I think I think it's very very testing on a relationship. Um, it certainly tested us, but in in more of a positive way than I imagined. It kind of brought us closer together, which was great. Um, but because we were kind of just thrown through the process of all this kind of you know, appointments, seeing people, you know, getting results, hoping and kind of having the, the ups and downs. And, the, you know, it's a huge merry-go-round of, of, of emotions when you go for facility treatment. We just completely lost ourselves. Um, we no longer was doing things that we enjoyed as, as, a, as a couple. Um, things like just eating out and going to have a drink somewhere and a holiday and just things that were just kind of, you know, spending time together for the reasons that you love each other versus spending time together for the sake of just going through fertility treatment. Um, and I think that was very difficult for us both. Um, fortunately, though, we, we became closer through it and having the year out away from fertility treatment was just incredible because we were like, oh my God, it's just so nice to have us back um, and seeing smiles on my partner's face and just doing things that we both enjoyed and loved. So, um, you know, I think it's important to be mindful of that the whole way through fertility treatment we certainly wasn't um and i think that if you are more mindful around it it's, it's definitely more positive and at least it allows you to kind of just breathe a little bit absolutely i think that's top advice thank you one thing i forgot to ask you which i will just ask you now if that's okay in terms of male infertility factors and dna fragmentation were there any um causes or reasoning reasons why or symptoms um in the early doors no um just had normal semen analysis and that came back pretty normal, um, slightly sub-average, but you know, that's not massively a reason to cause concern. Um, but I did have some, some discomfort um, about three years ago and we had a ultrasound just to see if I have got a varicose seal and there was one there. Very, it's very, very common in men. Um, and it was just seen as just like, okay, it's just there. There's no, you know, no need to worry. And that was kind of it really. So um at the time there was no concern up until only recently and you're doing amazing things for the fertility world and male infertility support so could you tell our listeners a bit more about that yeah sure so um wow where do I start really so um so when I kind of had this this sort of depression and just feeling down and low and you know just kind of where I was at and it was very very difficult I kind of then started looking into male support and who I can go and turn to and talk to and it was when I stumbled across Fertility Network UK um, and across the the internet there was kind of very little help out there for guys um, but the charity was incredibly supportive um, and I made use of some counselling and, and some things to kind of get me back on my feet and just kind of help me out and it was very very helpful um, but the more I kind of dug deeper into this the more I realised that there was just very very little help out there for guys. Um, my my kind of escape at the time was go-karting at my local track. Um, it was a place that I could just go and, and literally just have a race, <laughs> let off some steam, let off some energy and just kind of just let it out in the car. And that was kind of my release almost. Um, I think guys need that. I think we all, well, we all need that to be fair. Um, and across the few months of going into 2018 into 2019 when I was having this really bad time and trying to turn my life around and make things a bit more positive into 2019 while we found ourselves again um I became a racing driver I, I used my negative energy of fertility 
to get good at another sport <laughs> and become a racing driver. And it was at that time that I spoke to the charity and just explained that what I was up to in, in motorsport and I had this idea where I wanted to try and help support men, but also break down the barriers of male fertility so that people can be more open aware of male fertility and the fact that by kind of being a role model within motorsport um i could use that to break down the barriers among men to actually talk about fertility because i realized that once i started talking more openly about my situation and sharing it with counseling friends and family and, and other people um it was much much easier for me to deal with so i became the male ambassador for fertility network uk um and have since set up a online male fertility support group alongside ian stones for the charity and we have over 20 odd guys a month come along um and i still use motorsport as kind of my my story if you like to to kind of spread this awareness um and now i'm doing this support group it's it's just so fulfilling i'm just so glad that we we're able to to offer something for guys um to come along and have a chat and yeah just talk it through that's so inspiring and um as as you know my husband is infertile and this is exactly the kind of thing that he couldn't find five years ago yeah. so i think what you're doing is incredible and all the links to this are included um in in the write-up to this podcast so please feel free to reach out to toby and you recently also uh, wrote a little bit for us in an, in an article we did around the documentary me my balls and i what were your thoughts on that documentary? Do you know what? I think it was great. Um, I think that, you know, Christopher's done something really good there because obviously he's very influential among younger guys. Um, and I think educational among younger guys is actually quite important right now because myself in a situation five years ago, um, I just assumed that I'd be able to have a child um, and that everything would be okay. I never needed to check myself for anything. I kind of just was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fit and healthy and young and yeah, when we decide to have children, it would just be fine. Um, and I think what he's doing is actually quite clever because it's kind of making more people aware that that guys can have issues that can prevent them from having children, but also bringing that among the younger crowd as well because guys that are now coming through maybe their teens through to their early 20s that maybe not even thought about having children are going to be a bit more aware that actually they might struggle themselves. Um, and just having yourself checked out is very, very important um, because you just you just don't know you know 10 years ago I would never have known I was in this situation so I think what Christopher Hughes has done is is fantastic and yeah I'm just so glad that more and more people are kind of getting on board with this male fertility awareness and um, yeah let's hope we can make it even more special and bigger. Absolutely in fact my husband's diagnosis the operation the microtesi operation that he had um, was not successful age 30 or 31 it may have been more it may have been successful had he had it earlier in his life but you know he wasn't thinking about fertility when he was 20 as no. he said and and there was no education around the fact that there are these these things that can go wrong or that genetic issues that can occur so you're absolutely right that this awareness is key definitely because i think i think when we're younger um certainly coming through this kind of uk educational system it's very much a case of like like don't fall pregnant, These are con this is contraception, like this is how you prevent having children. It's very like kind of anti having a family, <laughs> um, which when you're younger, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a sensible thing to have if you're not financially stable, et cetera, for a family. But education around what if you can't, you know, conceive naturally is equally as important. Um, and I think that anything we can do around kind of educating kind of younger people 
um, of these these things that could happen later on in life, then it, it could change people's outcomes. And like you say, with your with your husband, it it, it could have changed the outcome, maybe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but the person has to be ready, don't they? For, for sure. For the diagnosis, if there is going to be one, but absolutely, I totally agree. And in terms of your next steps, you've talked through uh, regarding the treatment that you're about to be having. If that sadly isn't successful, what are your thoughts about other options? Um, so if it's not successful, we're going to try another round of ICSI um, and see if that's a success. But obviously, if that's not successful, um, we've we've spent a lot of time in counselling talking about uh, alternative options such as donors and um, adoption. Um, that's a, a whole complicated process in its own right. Um, and I think, you know, based on kind of the couple's personal decisions it's it's right or wrong for each couple and every person's different um but we've we've obviously talked about it um it's come up in conversation quite a lot and obviously we have a lot of counseling around it and and it, it just isn't for us um we both came to the same conclusion for donor and adoption separately um that it just wouldn't be suitable for us um but that doesn't mean to say it's not an option that people should consider because i think it's fantastic that people do um it, it's just got to be obviously a, a, a sort of preferred choice for the couple really definitely definitely it's totally personal decision isn't it definitely um, and actually it's probably a good thing that you both did come to the same conclusion naturally because if one of you wanted to go down one route and the other another it might be a different a, a difficult conversation to have yeah definitely because it is a it is a big choice you know it's a big decision to make to go through donor or adoption because like having your own child it's it's almost like a completely separate thing isn't it when you go through that that process um and i think you know just like having a child your own child naturally is a is a decision among a couple to conceive a child and be happy that they're going to be a father and mother um I think it's exactly the same thought process when it comes to sort of donor or adoption. You've both got to be on the same page um, for it to work. You know, it needs to be positive to bring that child into the world. Um, and both both parties need to be happy that that's, that that's good for both of them, right? Totally. And whilst we've still got you, takeaway message for men out there who are struggling. Wow. Um, takeaway message for me really is just, um, is, is, is reach out. If, if you're feeling... Um, you know, to take time to sort of be aware of your emotions. I certainly wasn't, I kind of blocked them out. Um, but being aware of your emotions is really, really important and reaching out for support and advice is even more important than that. Um, I'm always on the other end of the phone. People can reach me via email, Instagram, Twitter, you know, all the social handles. Um, but if you want anyone to come and chat to, um, yeah, give us a shout. I'm, I'm always here. Thank you, Toby. And one thing we spoke about before we came on the podcast was something that my husband felt. And I think that you you said you may have had these feelings at times of feeling inadequate and like you can't do the job that you wanted to do, if that makes sense, for men who have to come to terms with the fact that they are the cause. It's so important to go and get that support, isn't it? Yeah, even more so. Um, I, I completely crushed and broke down when I realised that it was likely to be me that was the, the, the issue why we can have children. Um, it's such a complex set of emotions that, that arise because as a guy, you're kind of there looking after your partner and you're trying to be macho. You're trying to be a, a, a good husband for, for your partner, right? And the minute you get told that you can't then allow your partner to be a mother because of whatever reason is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, so reaching out for support and, and just talking it through with, with professional help 
and or people in the community is, is so, so important. Great. Thank you so much, Toby. And for anyone out there, please, please feel free to contact him. Thank you for having me, Eloise. It's been lovely to be on the show.